This is the Sloss Sports Show on Anchor.fm, weekly episodes highlighting and breaking down the biggest stories across sports. Make sure to keep up with the latest episodes and breaking news on Twitter by following at Sloss Sports Show and keep up to date with the latest breaking news around the NFL. The official site of the show, knoble87.wixsite.com slash Report. And now, here's your host, Cole Noble. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Slaw Sports Show. I'm your host, Cole Noble, a.k.a. Slaw, here on Monday, December 6th, here on the Slaw Sports Show. And Monday is also known as Overreaction Monday here on the show and on the podcast. So we're here for another Overreaction Monday to break down everything that we saw on Sunday slate uh, in the NFL. Just saw week 13 of the NFL season is wrapping up. Faster than ever, it seems like. Uh, each week keeps coming and going. Um, so we hate to see it, but, you know, love to see it, but hate to see it go, I guess you could say. Uh, but week 13, saw a lot of great football games, um, especially for playoff implications. Um, a lot at stake, especially right now, uh, pulling it up in the AFC Conference. Um, four teams now leading um, the AFC as of right now. Um at the eight and four mark, uh, so pretty insane to see uh, what exactly is going on here in the AFC conference. Um, but overall, just a lot of great football we just saw in um, week 13. We still have one more game on deck tonight, um, going to be um, the New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills, set to be a great game in this one. Um, but bringing it back up here in the AFC conference, just to talk about this game real quick. Uh, we'll start with this Monday night football game just because the implications it has on the future of the AFC conference and um, the AFC East division. The Patriots currently now going into Monday night football have the number one seed in the AFC at eight and four on the season. Uh, they have the tie break over the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans based on the best win percentage in conference games. And also, they have this game coming up now against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, 7-4, and four, currently have the 5 seed. And you look at um, the AFC East standings. These two teams are right neck and neck with each other at 8-4 and four and 7-4. and four. Big game tonight. Uh, Patriots on a six-game win streak. Bills looking to get back on track. Uh, they won last week, but they're looking to keep things going and keep building off of that and knock off the Patriots and try to work their way back up into this division. Set to be a great game. I'm excited for it. Uh, ready to see Josh Allen go up against that Bill Belichick-led defense and see Mac Jones now again on a primetime stage. Haven't seen him in primetime in a couple weeks now. Uh, so excited to see him back out there with the newfound confidence he has with his team now on this hot win streak that they're running on. Um, see him back here on the national stage and see what he can do in this game. Set to be a great one. I'm excited to see it happen. But for now, it's over Reaction Monday. So we got to talk about uh, which one of your favorite teams got back into the hunt uh, this week. Which one of your favorite teams are now potentially in the running to maybe steal and clinch a division spot? Which ones are very close to doing so within the next week or two? And which team finally got a win in 2021? So let's go ahead and get started with our overreaction Monday. And we're going to start off with the Washington football team, who now, in a way, in a sense, somehow has a shot to potentially win the NFC East division. It's a thing or something we called back um, in the preseason. Uh, it didn't, you know, look terrible to start the season. We didn't think that he was going to be able to come back. 
or excuse me, we didn't think that Washington was going to be able to come back uh, from their early start to the season. Um, but during the offseason, during the preseason, we had Washington, uh, Washington football team finishing 10 and 7 on the season, clinching the NFC East uh, title from the Dallas Cowboys, who we predicted to go 9 and 8. Currently looking at Washington right now, 6 and 6 on the season, 4 and 1 in the next five games. They could potentially get that done um, and get to that projection we had them in the preseason. Uh, but Washington right now has riled off four straight wins to really revive their season, get them back not only into the hunt for the playoffs, but back into the hunt even for this NFC East title um, in their division from the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be exciting next couple of weeks to see um, how this division really shakes up because we have a lot of interdivisional games coming up uh, with these four teams in the NFC East, um, especially coming up this weekend. Um, in week 14, the Washington football team will host the Dallas Cowboys in a big game on Sunday that I'm excited for. And Washington's schedule after that, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, they get the Cowboys again on December 26th, day after Christmas, um, a night game there at 820. The Eagles again and the Giants. So Washington closed out their season, uh, looks like, with five straight games against the NFC East opponents. Uh, so seeing what they can do. Uh, with this Washington football team getting them back on track. Uh, but let's talk about this four-game win streak they're now been on, uh, led by Taylor Heineke, who he got it done again uh, last night against the Las Vegas Raiders, went 23 for 30, 196, two touchdowns in the lone pick of the game. Uh, but that uh, game against um, the LA, or excuse me, the Las Vegas uh, Raiders was a big game for the Washington football team, big confidence booster um, for what they could do um, because it wasn't the prettiest win. Um, you know, they didn't put stack the points up. It was a 17 to 15 win, uh, defense. They held their own yet again without chase young in the fold. Uh, but really this game just came down, uh, to a new kicker. They had and Brian Johnson made a great first impression for Washington who kicked the go ahead field goal, uh, with 37 seconds remaining, um, just joined the team five days ago. Uh, so big game by him. Shout out goes out to Brian Johnson, the game he had for Washington, uh, Jonathan Allen. Uh, defensive tackle said, I didn't even know his name. We just brought him up. Uh, so shout out goes out to him, but Taylor Heineke as well. Four now game winning drives as a start as the starter for the Washington football team this this season. So four of their six wins this season have come from a Taylor Heineke game winning drive. Uh, this guy is getting the thing, getting it done. Um, you know, a lot of people are criticizing on me. You know, I kept saying Taylor Heineke wasn't a winner, but he's getting wins. Um, and he's showing that Washington has what it takes. Um, to potentially get back into this thing. Um, it's exciting to see what they're doing right now. And the big thing uh, for this big win over the Las Vegas Raiders really was a time possession battle. Uh, Washington dominated, had 33 minutes and 43 seconds of, of possession time compared to the Las, Ve uh, Las Vegas Raiders, who had 26 minutes and 17 seconds of possession time in this one. Uh, so the Raiders just couldn't get Washington uh, off the field and couldn't stay on the field themselves. Uh, went two for eight on third down. Washington defense just had a great game, uh, keeping the Raiders in check. Um, you know, they didn't do it in a big splashy way, getting the turnovers or anything like that, but they kept the Raiders off the field, let their offense control the ball for the entire game, which seems to be the bread and butter of this Washington football team uh, this season. They like controlling the ball. Uh, they like having the ball at the end with a chance to win the game. So the same thing they did with that big win they had over uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple weeks back. Um, really just controlled the ball. Taylor Heineke put it in the end zone, and it was all she wrote uh, to take down Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So Washington, they have a shot. 
Um, and I, you know, it's overreaction Monday, but honestly, I don't know if this is truly that bold of an overreaction. Um, I think they honestly have a legit shot to get back in this thing. You know, the Dallas Cowboys right now are eight and four, uh, but a big win on Sunday for Washington can put them now at seven and six on the season, put the Cowboys at eight and five. And now they're just a game or so back um, from this division uh, title. And you look at um, Dallas's upcoming schedule, what they've got uh, coming up in their final five, uh, Washington, New York Giants, Washington again, Cardinals and Eagles. So that Cardinals game is a real telling one. If Washington steals two from the Cowboys, you're now looking at the new face of this NFC division. And that's going to be the Washington football team. Moving things along on Overreaction Monday, keep things in the NFC. Let's switch now and talk about the New York football Giants who, you guessed it, lost yet again this past Sunday to the Miami Dolphins. And it wasn't a pretty one by any means. It really was a game difficult to watch. Uh, 20-9 win by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa, 30 for 41 passing. Uh, you know they, He was getting a lot of heat after the game, especially from the Giants players that he was dinking and dunking all over the field. But what gets you wins gets you wins in the National Football League. And what doesn't get you a win is three field goals and no touchdowns by the New York Giants. Now, they did have some issues. Uh, Mike Glennon started the game uh, with Daniel Jones out for potentially the next few weeks with a neck injury. Uh, Glennon. Um, got banged up after the game. We'll see what happens with him going forward um, and what they do at the quarterback position. They might have to end up uh, moving over to Jake Fromm um, at quarterback. Uh, also lost Kenny Galladay, of course, yet again with a rib injury in the first half. He returned a little bit in the game, but uh, he's going to, you know, I assume get reevaluated throughout the week and see uh, the severity of his rib injury. But the Washington, or excuse me, uh, but the New York Giants. Four and eight on the season. They're one and five on the road. They're just not a good football team. They can't get anything going. And you, at this point, they fire Jason Garrett. And they've, you know, elevated Freddie Kitchens to being the new offensive coordinator, which we know how that's going to end up turning out. Um, but you can't blame them on the injuries. Uh, last week, they had everybody back and uh, they lost that game. That's what resulted in, um, or excuse me, that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had all their offensive you know, pieces back. And that's what resulted in the Jason Garrett uh, firing. Um, yeah, two weeks ago, they won last week. Big win, 13-7 to over the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, this team is just not a good football team right now. And my biggest gripe with them is with Saquon, uh, Saquon Barkley. Fourth-year running back, drafted second overall in 2018, and he has not even panned out anywhere close to what his draft projection is. In fact, I've been saying it all year long. Jonathan Taylor this year, is what Saquon Barkley was supposed to be when he was drafted second overall in 2018. This game against um, the Miami Dolphins, Saquon Barkley had 74 scrimmage yards. 22 of those scrimmage yards came in the final minute of the game. And put a big picture for Saquon Barkley, he has not had um, over 60 rushing yards and I believe 10 straight consecutive games that he has played. He's just not getting it done at all, uh, running the ball, and just quite frankly, I don't know what it is. You know, Saquon Barkley keeps saying it over and over again that you know he's the same running back he was before his ACL injury, but he's not playing like it. There it is. He has hasn't eclipsed 60 rushing yards in the last 10 games he's played in. It's been almost two full years since he last broke the 60-yard rushing barrier. And you look at this in terms of what he has added to this team 
since coming in in 2018. You know, big, you know, expected to be the first round or first overall pick in that draft, a phenom coming out of college, coming out of uh, Penn State. But Baker Mayfield comes onto the scene, takes that uh, number one overall pick to the Cleveland Browns. Saquon goes two to the Giants. Since then, the Giants are 19 and 41. Since drafting Saquon Barkley second overall in 2018, Saquon Barkley has dealt with three different injuries, uh, including one earlier this season to his ankle. Uh, last year, the ACL injury, um, and then another ankle injury uh, before that one as well. Um, so, is it really Saquon's fault? Is he injury prone? The thing goes to the the offensive line of the New York Giants. Because this unit is completely abysmal. One of the worst offensive line units in the entire National Football League. And that has been the case for the last four to five years. And the New York Giants just failed to keep, you know, failed to adjust to it. You know, they tried. They, you know, they went out and they got Andrew Thomas um, early in the first round a couple years back. They've tried to build these pieces um, around their offensive line. But quite frankly, this unit is just nowhere near what it should be. Andrew Thomas has struggled a lot. Matt Skura isn't what he used to be Nate soldier is the really only guy on there that is worth anything. Uh, Will Hernandez isn't there either. Um, this unit is abysmal every single week. We see quarterbacks running for their lives, whether it was Mike Glennon or earlier in the season, Daniel Jones, um, or maybe even next week, if it's going to be Jake Fromm, they're going to be running, the, running for their lives the entire time. And even at running back, whether it was Devonte Booker, while Saquon Barkley was dealing with his injury or Saquon now back, they're getting hit at the line of scrimmage almost literally every single play. Getting hit before they, you know, sometimes before they even get the ball. Um, so ultimately, it's time for Saquon to go. The Giants need to pursue what they can do with Saquon after this season, during the offseason. Who wants to take him? Because uh, for the ultimate benefit of Saquon Barkley's career and longevity going forward, he needs to get out of New York. It's the same thing that happened with Odell Beckham Jr. And looking at it this way, going into the offseason, a trade with Saquon Barkley will free up $7.217 million in cap space for the New York Giants this offseason, while the trade will also have $0 in dead cap space for the New York Giants uh, this offseason. It's time. Do it for Saquon. Um, it, you know, It's not working with your team. It's not working with your offense. And you're not building that offensive line within the next two to three years. Just go ahead and revamp, restart, rebuild, and get Saquon out of town. It's nothing on Saquon. It's everything on the Giants and wanting Saquon to have some sort of success in the National Football League going forward because he's not going to find it with the New York Giants. Moving forward now, uh, we're just going to keep it in the NFC East today, it seems like. Uh, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, the game they had this week. Um, a big win, 33-18 to against the New York Jets. Yes, it is the Jets. Uh, but the Eagles are now six and seven. Really, they're starting to get things back in here. Um, I'm going to predict a Eagles against Buccaneers uh, playoff uh, matchup in the wild card round. Uh, so write that down on paper if you're listening. Keep that in mind that uh, for the end of the season, it's something that I think could happen. Uh, looking towards the end of the season, but big game by the Eagles this week. Uh, Miles Sanders finally got going. Went over 100 yards on 24 carries. Actually got up to 120 yards. On the ground, still didn't get in the end zone though. Uh, but the big one in this game, Gardner Minshew uh, got the start after Jalen Hurts was ruled out early on Sunday. Uh, was it? We saw, you know, that it was leaning this way on Saturday night. Uh, ended up being the case early on uh, Sunday. 
Gardner Minshew gets the start and a guy that has played great whenever he's given the opportunity, uh, you know, in Jacksonville. And I mean, he was playing in Jacksonville. Look what they're doing now with Trevor Lawrence. But they traded Gardner Minshew this offseason. They didn't want the competition with Trevor Lawrence. Traded him to the Philadelphia Eagles for a sixth round pick. And Gardner Minshew by no means has ever been a bad quarterback. Never been worth as low as a sixth round pick. Um, in what in the games he has played, uh, and Gardner did exactly what he expected him to do in this game against the New York Jets: twenty for twenty-five passing, only five incompletions, two hundred forty-two passing yards, and two touchdowns to Dallas Goddard, um, who had uh, finished the day with six receptions for one hundred and five yards and the two scores. But Gardner Minshew played great. He had three straight touchdown drives to open the game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Wasn't missing any shots at all down the field. Uh, completed his first 11 passes of the game. Cooled off a little bit there in the second half, but the game was all but one against the New York Jets. Had a 63% success rate on dropbacks today. How? How did the Eagles get him for only a six-round pick? Um, but the thing is, and my overreaction with this one, Gardner Minshew is a starter. But Gardner Minshew is not the starter in Philadelphia. This team and this offense is going to be built around Jalen Hurts. Nick Sirianni is pushing this team to be built around Jalen Hurts. Um, and that's not going to change. Uh, this is Jalen Hurts' team going forward. Uh, but for Gardner Minshew, he has the potential to be a starter on at least five to six teams, maybe seven other teams in the National Football League right now. Instead, he's sitting with the Philadelphia Eagles and likely will be behind uh, Jalen Hurts when he should hopefully return next week. Uh, for the Eagles. But Gardner Minshew this offseason, depending on what his contract looks like right now going forward, he deserves a shot somewhere else to be the guy because uh, he wasn't given that shot in Jacksonville. They moved on from him on wrong, you know, wrongly, uh, however you say it. Um, but Gardner Minshew deserves to be somewhere else. You, you, you know, look back uh, before this game, uh, the best touchdown interception ratio since 2019. Gardner Minshew is fifth in the National Football League on that list since 2019 with 3.36 touchdown interception ratio among qualified active quarterbacks. He was dealing yesterday against the New York Jets, and he's not going to be the starter there going long forward, uh, or no, starter there in Philadelphia long term by any means. But elsewhere, he should be given a shot. Uh, to prove what he's worth and to prove what he can do in the National Football League. All right, next up here on Overreaction Monday, we're probably going to be done with the NFC East. Let's go over to the AFC North for a little bit and talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, who surprisingly aren't dead, or at least as dead as we thought they were um, at this, you know, going into this week of the season. That tie against the Detroit Lions, honestly, helping them out a lot when you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But in this game, they had on week 13 last night on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, a 20-19 to win over Lamar Jackson. The Ravens' Big Ben went 21 for 31 passing, 236 and two touchdowns. Um, the, you know, the week of, he announced uh, to a couple of teammates, to a couple of people in the organization that now has been leaked to the public that this will likely be his last season. Thank God. As a Pittsburgh Steeler, um, it needed to be last year. If he went anywhere beyond this year, it wasn't going to be in Pittsburgh. 
Uh, we knew that to be a fact, uh, but it looks like it will be the end uh, this year for Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, so Hart goes out. What a great career he has had. Uh, but the last few years, it's been terrible. Uh, terrible for, to see what he's done. Immobile um, in the pocket. Arm strength hasn't been there uh, since he's been dealing with that elbow injury the last couple of years. Uh, but this one, big win uh, by Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. And this defense really is getting them back on track. Um, I would say Yontay Johnson had a big game uh, catching two of those touchdowns and going over 100 yards receiving. But credit to the defense and TJ Watt, who's really pulling pulling this unit back together, pulling this team back together. Now six, five, and one on the season. Uh, TJ Watt had three and a half sacks, six quarterback hits, and had 12 pressures on 32 pass rushing snaps in this game. He had a big game. Uh, now I believe leading the NFL. Um, in uh, sacks, and he's missed, I believe, like two or two and a half games uh, this season. So the fact he's still leading um, the league in sacks right now at 16 sacks on the season is pretty crazy uh, to think about what T.J. Watt's doing. Last year made a case to potentially winning Defensive Player of the Year. Didn't get it this year. Coming back with a vengeance and trying to get things done. Um, but honestly, the Steelers aren't dead. At least not dead yet. Um, they're one and a half games back from the Baltimore Ravens now after this win. Um, also, to mention in that game, uh, for Big Ben Roethlisberger, a great fourth quarter he had leading this team back. Um, he went 9 for 10 in the fourth quarter, 129 yards, and both of his touchdowns came in the fourth quarter, scoring 17 of the Steelers' 20 points, leading this big comeback victory um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But going back to this now, uh, the race that they are currently in, um, looking for, um, you know, looking throughout the rest of the season toward the playoffs. Game and a half back from the Baltimore Ravens in their division alone. Playoff hopes, they're on the outside looking in right now, but very much close to the picture. Uh, sitting in the eighth seed, only a game back um, from the seventh seed with the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, the Bengals drop a game, Steelers win. They're back in this thing. Um, their schedule coming up, uh, what they're going to have throughout the remainder of the season. Um, they will have the Minnesota Vikings in a big game on Thursday night uh, this week. Then they got the Tennessee Titans, Kansas City Chiefs, Cleveland Browns, and another date against the Baltimore Ravens. So the road is not easy by any means for the Pittsburgh Steelers to get back into this thing. That's why I say they're not dead yet. Um, but after this big win over the Ravens, it is safe to say that they are not dead yet um, in terms of what they can do this season. And on the flip side, um, for the Baltimore Ravens, you look at the loss for them. Potentially could be a hiccup, or is it something more uh, with this loss they had to the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, and this one, because it's just unfortunate how it ended uh, in this game for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they came back, um, you know, showed that they weren't done yet, uh, got in the end zone late with um, 12 seconds remaining, um, and... John Harbaugh went for the gamble. He went for the win, went for two points, didn't get it. Uh, Lamar Jackson rolled out to the right, tried to hit uh, Mark Andrews going out on a quick little you know, route out to the flat and just ultimately couldn't hit him. Um, fell short, or actually too far in front of him, um, leading to the 20-19 to loss of the Pittsburgh Steelers. John Harbaugh faced a lot of questions after the game for the decision going for two. In a one-score game instead of just tying going to overtime. Instead, he just honestly 
wanted to win it there. Uh, they said that they were out of corners at that point in time because Marlon Humphrey, star cornerback, left the game in the second half, uh, which we now learn to being a torn pectoral, which he will likely miss the rest of the season for. Uh, so potential season-ending injury for Marlon Humphrey, big play on their defense. Now lost Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey, their top two corners for the season. Um, already the injury bug just keeps coming around for the Baltimore Ravens, and that's why is this a hiccup or more? Uh, that's a big loss for their defense, especially if you look at um, you know the teams that they're going to be facing in the playoffs and the AFC and the offensive firepowers that are going to be coming into Baltimore or potentially Baltimore is going to be going into come playoff time. Uh, it's going to be a big loss for them. Uh, but Harbaugh loved the opportunity to try to go for the win right there and cap the game off in a big statement fashion. So ultimately, came up just short on the Lamar uh, Jackson pass in that one. Uh, but they did have a great drive. They're on that final drive. You know, they started off with a false start uh, with Rashad Bateman, and then Bateman never saw the field the rest of the game. But still, an eight-play, 60-yard scoring drive by Lamar Jackson. They picked up two third downs, including a third and 14, um, and then ending it with a touchdown to Sammy Watkins. Um, but they went for that knockout punch. They went for the win there at the end of the game. Ultimately, just couldn't get it done um, looking at the Baltimore Ravens. And right now, we talked about it briefly at the beginning. Eight and four in the season now for the Baltimore Ravens. As it stands going into Monday Night Football, they're now in a four-way tie at eight and four for the number one seed in the AFC uh, with the New England Patriots, Kansas City Chiefs, and Tennessee Titans. Um, so the tennis, uh, excuse me, the New England Patriots we talked about will be playing tonight against the Buffalo Bills. So a potential loss there now makes it a three-way tie in the AFC for that number one seed. Um, and just you know, looking at it, the implications in this one, Baltimore um, would be second in that tie with the Titans technically being first because they do have the uh, tie break over Baltimore based on a win percentage in conference games. Um, so the Baltimore Ravens will still have work to do uh, to pass the Tennessee Titans if they want that number one seed and have all roads come through Baltimore. But they also have a daunting schedule coming up. Uh, they got another date next week against the Cleveland Browns, who have now had a full bye week after facing Baltimore to prepare for them coming into week 14. Then they um, go in on the 19th um, at home to take on the Green Bay Packers, who are right now opening as favorites on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, then they have Cincinnati Bengals, L.A. Rams, and the Pittsburgh Steelers again to close out their season. So a tough road ahead, too. For the Baltimore Ravens, you look at the end of their season and what they can try to do. Uh, so this one is a key one, a uh, key game to keep an eye on for the Baltimore Ravens. Is it a, is it a hiccup in this game, or is it going to potentially be something more um, coming up through the rest of the season, and especially with this injury to Marlon Humphrey? All right. So for this week on Overreaction Monday, Week 13, we got one more thing to hit on, and a special shout out goes out uh, to a lucky team this week. Uh, but first up. Let's talk about this last overreaction. The Arizona Cardinals, they proved that they deserve the top spot in the NFC uh, this season. Came back this week after their bye. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins returned to the field. And, of course, the two uh, hooked up uh, for a touchdown early in this game. Kyler Murray played great four total touchdowns in his return. Um, but, honestly, big shout-out to the defense uh, for the Arizona Cardinals in this one. Um, against the Chicago Bears, four interceptions against Andy Dalton, 23 points off turnovers in way to a 20, or excuse me, a 33 to 22 win 
over the Chicago Bears. And honestly, looking up to next week um, for the Arizona Cardinals, they got a big game coming up against the Los Angeles Rams, uh, who are right now the only team right now uh, really competing for that spot in the NFC West. Um, and that's going to be a big win um, for or a big game, excuse me, for uh, the Arizona Cardinals in this one. Um, a potential shot here to clinch the NFC West with a win on Monday. Yes, already hard to believe um, that's the case. And honestly, this division, or excuse me, this conference in the NFC is, you know, looked a lot more stronger, top heavy uh, than the AFC does um, because another divisional clinch could be on the way for the Green Bay Packers this week uh, with a loss. Um, if a loss happens on Thursday for the Minnesota Vikings and the Packers win, um, in week 14, um, the Green Bay Packers will clinch the NFC North with a win over the Bears and, again, a loss um, by the Minnesota Vikings against the Pittsburgh Steelers on this Thursday. Uh, so two potential uh, divisions could be wrapped up this week in the NFC with the Cardinals getting a win um, on Monday and then the Packers getting a win and some help uh, this week as well. Uh, so this battle for the number one spot in the NFC is continuing to shake up, you know, Dallas Cowboys potentially could still be in that mix uh, with that tough schedule they have coming up. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man, that team looks great right now. Um, and what they've been doing, uh, but the Arizona Cardinals, this game back with Kyler Murray, um, only had 15 passes in this one, but you know, got the job done. 123 through the air, two touchdowns on the ground was just as effective um, as a rusher with the two touchdowns he had um, and the 59 yards on 10 carries for Kyler Murray. This team's looking great um, and what they're doing now, you know, honestly, fully back. Uh, first time we've seen this team at full health, it seems like, uh, with all of their options. You know, Zach Ertz, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, Hopkins, James Conner, um, all these guys back into the fold in this game. Uh, it's great to see um, for the Arizona Cardinals, and they're proven to be a pretty dominant team. Now they're back at full health and, you know, first 10-win se- uh, team on the season, 10-2 and two on the season. Um, this is a great team that not a lot of people are going to want to go face up against as the season progresses. Um, but this number one seed, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how it wraps up going forward in the NFC. Last but not least, to wrap up today's episode, a special shout out we have to do to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Round of applause to the Detroit Lions picking up their first win of the season. Almost nearly, you know, one day away from being a full calendar year from their last win. The Detroit Lions, they did it. 29-27 to 27 win over the Minnesota Vikings. Now 1-10-1 on the season. A stunning victory for the Detroit Lions. I didn't think it'd be done, but they proved me wrong and got it done. Motor City Dan Campbell got a much-deserving win. His first win now as a head coach. Jared Goff gets his first win as an NFL starting quarterback without Sean McVay. And shout out, of course, to Amon Ross St. Brown, rookie wide receiver, 10 receptions, 86 yards, and had the game-winning 11-yard touchdown. Just sat right there in the middle of the hole. Terrible defense by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, just letting him you know, walk into the end zone, sit in a hole, and allow Jared Goff to just hit him for an easy hookup um, to score for um, as time expired, capping off a 14-play, 75-yard drive that lasted you know just under two minutes to win the game. 
the Detroit Lions, they got it done. Shout out to Dan Campbell. Shout out to the Lions. They deserve it. They've been competitive in almost every single game this season. And finally, it was their time to come out on top. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Thank you all for listening, and thank you all for tuning in. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed it. Check out the Monday Night Football game tonight. It's going to be a great one, and some more implications are coming in the next few weeks as the season starts to to dwindle down. More More meaningful football, surprising upsets, surprising shockers, Um, along the way. So thank you all for listening. And until next time, peace.